Hello, friends. Konnichiwa, and welcome to Banter Podcast. This podcast is a conversational experience that starts off with your usual buffoonery, if you will, and then we let it organically grow into something deeper and much more meaningful. You know, we get to challenge each other's insights and perspectives, share stories, all that good stuff. So lock it up, let your hair down, and get your beaks wet, because we're going places. Poof. Absolutely. So this is a big, mm, you're big and the last female. Yeah. yeah. I'm this just number one moment. female. Absolutely. This yeah. is a, a great moment for Number us. one. <laughs> <laughs> That's really gonna speak to our Asian market. I think it will. Yeah. Totally. Just come on the show. Diversify. If you're Asian, fast forward it to two forty eight and we'll be speaking your language. That's it'll get so worse racist. at that point actually. <laughs> yes. This is where it degrades. Yeah. It's like plants. What was a hashtag we thought for stuff earlier? Mustard something? Oh, there's never enough mustard. Yeah, yeah never, never too, too much. much mustard. Never too yeah. much mustard. That's fucking You know get locked down that handle before somebody else does. That's all I'm gonna say. Yo, imagine a whole Instagram just dedicated to mustard colored clothing. I'd be so down. That's already my Instagram. Actually, okay. it's just all of my mustard outfits. I have a mustard chair that I sure, reupholstered. Sure. That shit's fire. It's what um, kind of chair is it? Is it a designer chair or is it just colored mustard? Oh, it's it an both? antique um, chair. Definitely not designer, but uh, you know, it's um, it's comfortable and it's um, you know. Its I've, I've yet to sit in it, but I feel <laughs> like it looks like a, a chair. It's like a throne chair. You know, a lot of people complain about my furniture. Why? Um, they say it's highly uncomfortable, non-functional, um, and uh, doesn't belong in 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 a, in a modern home. Um, I tend to disagree. I don't sit in the the furniture myself, but from what I've heard, it's fine. Um, they can all eat a bag. Yeah, exactly. That's what dicks. I say. Yep. Welcome. Listen, my couch is like a hundred and eleven years old, something like oh, that. Oh wow! For it's real? Doing pretty great. If, uh, How do you know it's 111? I, uh, you know, I just, I can, I look at it, I can just kind of tell. I feel like you, you like the number 11 a lot. Um, yeah, you know. Is, would you say that's your favorite uh, number? What's your favorite single digit number, though? Nine. Okay, boom. Nine is nine, German for no. Yeah. Nine and yeah. 11. Okay, this, this is. Nine, uh, oh. Yeah. All our conspiracy okay. theorists, theorists um, out there are really tuning in now. Yep. Pants around the ankles, getting ready to. It's just Unleash turning into the, like uh, a like a zeitgeist type. George Bush. Yeah. Yeah. So why you? Uh, wow. What you're really doing here is you're being brainwashed into watering your plants, chemtrails heavily, yeah. and eating Monsanto fruit <laughs> in Monsanto soil. <laughs> you know, guys. Happy Shit. soil day. Ha- yep. Yeah. We missed yep. happy soil day stuff. We so, missed it. <clears throat> but you know what? Every day is soil day. If <laughs> if you just believe. Mm. In the magic of soil. Ain't that the truth, sister? Preach. That's a great way to circle back, actually, to, um, to, you know, plants and and soil in general. Um, We can table that for now. But uh, it's a really cyclical um, type of conversation. Quite cryptic conversation. You know, and I think that it's it's really great that you bring that up because it does plant a nice seed Uh, for the conversation that will, again, be our North Star. (laughs) And this is a good segue into the topic, one of the topics that we'll be touching on today. We really want to create meaningful experiences for our clients, aka our listeners. So we talk about things like North Stars, the nucleus of what brings us to these 
insights and again meaningful experiences. What's the brand? That was sexy. What? <laughs> this is sexy. Horseshit. <laughs> For real though, I, you know, I I'm totally guilty of using those buzzwords and phrases all the time, mm-hmm. but I totally hate myself afterwards when I do. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Because it's pretty awful and. I think there's like the, the idea of having to wear a mask or a certain attire to get that respect or perception from the client or who you're working for, whatever it is. Get that buy-in. Let's get that buy-in. They have to like assimilate to this idea of what a business is and what success means to the business. And if you're not hitting those buzzwords, their attention spans, their lack of knowledge in especially the creative field, they're going to be like, wait, I didn't, I had this other, uh, I hired this other designer. He said this, this, this. You're not saying none of that. So he must be irrelevant to what we need. So it's really important that um, you have to connect with like business owners, sales, whatever it is to get their buy-in. You have to use buzzwords, unfortunately, even if you don't like them. So that kind of does relay us back to what some of the topics are going to be today. Well, you know, long story short, the three of us are creative professionals, um, designers, if you will. Um, I personally am a graphic designer focused on brands. Nathan is a, a visual design consultant, more or less. You, you, you can kind of take them through what, what you do every day. Um, I design toys for Kinder Surprise. <laughs> um, Those are shit. We've determined <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> User experience... It's really taken a hit Visual since designer. the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. Over to Steph. Fuck it. Thank you, Steph, by the way, for coming on. This is a you know magical what? moment. We've been trying to do this for a while. Mm-hmm. Just um, desperate for some female perspective. You know. That too. Really, really happy to oblige. It's the buttery essence of female perspectives. So, Steph, what are you doing right now? Like, in, in terms of... Like, at this moment... Yeah, because how I came to know you is through um, the company we work for. It's a tech company, mm-hmm. and you were a designer, visual designer, mm-hmm. and you know you kind of let's say the eagle has left the nest, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And you're going on to better, greater, and better things. Say. Well, I hope so. Uh... So, what are you? What are your current projects? What do you have going on? Give us, give us everything. We're very curious. At the moment, freelancing, um, product focused, doing actually more UX than UI. It's interesting because I started off just straight up graphic design beginning of my career, right out of school, just doing everything from I sound like I'm doing an interview. This is what I say in interviews. It's so bad. We have to get like bad. this is. We have oh. to get the basis. We gotta get the okay, beats okay, wet. Okay. Yeah. We and you know just well, casual flow. Even um, if it sounds like an interview now, it'll. We promise it'll eventually. We'll get the. Just add some. Can you we'll add some background music while I do this? And yeah, you know, some just um, music. Some yeah, some chirping. sound effects. Maybe some air and horns, yeah. like yeah. planes some, like, landing. Um, Coyotes. Actually, animal sounds. It would be so on brand for me. Honey badgers. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, no, I've been, I've been doing a lot of digital stuff. Um, 
focusing more on UX, um, I think that move kind of came from me maybe feeling a little bit burnt out as a creative. I think a lot of us find ourselves in that um, stage at some point, if not, you know, often. Um, I spent some time actually thinking about, you know, how much importance and how much I guess how much expectation we put on the jobs that we have to like satisfy us creatively. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of us creatives especially end up feeling, you know, unfulfilled and unsatisfied because we we spend most of our time doing this, why isn't it satisfying me creatively? And I think after kind of thinking about it I realized, you know, it's not really an expression of who you are. You know, it's an expression of the client. It's an expression of the brief. It's it's me kind of having to read the mind of someone else and not express who I am as a person. And when you don't have an outlet that allows you to express yourself in that way, then you feel completely lost because, you know, we're fueled by being creative. Yeah. And um, so I think that's kind of where, in terms of, you know, professionally, I decided I'm going to start freelancing as a UX designer rather than UI. And for those of you who aren't, you know, product designers, I feel I'm probably speaking like a totally made up language. Or designers at all. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So maybe you can, uh, you know, after you're kind of telling a little bit more of the, your, your background story, maybe we can break down like what UX and UI is like in really simple terms just to kind of. Let's do it right now. Yeah, whenever you're ready. Hey, like, yeah. You know, just count flow. me in uh, and I'll do it. Um, well, like UX is, it stands for user experience. It's more so, I describe it as um, the bones of, um, you know, like a digital, whether it's an app or a website. It's kind of, how does it function? Where are we going to guide the person who's visiting it? And how does it work? And then UI is user interface. And that is, how does it look? Um, More kind of topical treatments that you're going to put onto it that kind of, you know, it might reinforce the brand. It's like brand colors, it's brand elements, it's, you know, thinking of even animations. So it's, imagine you're kind of skinning it from there. Um, So that's where I kind of started. I have always been a creative person and I I assumed that getting into a career where I'm doing something creative is going to, you know, fulfill me in a way. And then it took a long time. It's like my eighth year as a designer. It's kind of crazy and wow hell yeah oh geez oh geez you know for the real ones out there uh (laughs) it doesn't get better yeah (laughs) it doesn't get better but i mean eight years in the as a graphic designer professionally being paid to design things not just you know making art for your friends or your family because that's a whole different oh yeah you you never stop doing that by the way that never stops yeah and well i think we it would be really good for all of us to talk because i feel like we can share all of our experiences on that freelance gang take a um, shot for me but like um you know touching on that about like um eight years in the game like that's intense like you know a lot of shit like you have to be intelligent to be a a designer and a creative like if to be effective in your job because there is intelligence involved in the stuff that we do right like i mean sure maybe we're blowing tooting our own horn our own Mm -hmm. horns but the more 
times I say do another contract at an agency, I'm surrounded by really smart fucking people, mm -hmm. um, and, and they're, they're always, very savvy. They're always looking to pull your card too. That's the thing. Wait, what about, do you mean? What do you mean? Well, I, I can't speak so much for like the agency side anymore, but in terms of um, like the uh, corporate side, there's a lot of even if you're still a designer, there's still that idea of one-upping whoever so you look better. Oh, too. it's oh, extremely yeah? competitive. Yeah, it's a Always. very competitive um, field to be in. So you have to constantly kind of be on your A-game when you're presenting or pitching something or even if it's to a client. If somebody's trying to throw you under the bus, like you have to, you kind of have to be ready for... So in terms of the experience and the years like somebody just coming into this field they can say all those buzzwords and sound great about it but when people actually start digging in that's when you kind of see if like who's actually doing smoke good work mirrors. yeah yeah mm -hmm. and who's just there well so. yeah you can watch all the youtube videos in the world if you want and listen to chris doe and yeah. all the you know creative influencers say all these words and maybe put in a few stints on that contract or like in a contract at an agency or a studio to pick up certain words. But also, since we're on this topic about buzzwords in the creative industry, we, it's so cringy because we talk about it all the time. And I think every agency operates, they have their own little collection, their own little library of buzzwords. But I mean, there's an also kind of like a general industry-wide collection of buzzwords too, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So like you'll have... You know things like like a glossary which should be like a deck or um like a check-in or something like that right that you've probably experienced at different agencies or studios but then you go custom tailored to each space that you work in um and they have their own little language do you find that at all you guys, oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. especially freelancing yes you know you're kind of exposed to that yeah more than you know maybe if you were to work at the same agency for certain amount of time then that will feel like it's just old hat but once you start kind of rotating around it's just like you see these patterns mm -hmm. and oh yeah it's 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 interesting but it's also comical as well as like from an outsider's perspective you know yes. I think a lot of people take this stuff very seriously and they don't realize how silly it sounds sometimes mm -hmm. and then I do get a kick out of it you know well a lot but um, it's yeah it's like I don't think it's ever going to go away either. I think people mm -hmm. are always going to be kind of saying a lot of bullshit that doesn't really mean anything, but it just sounds like it means yep. something <clears throat> just yeah. to kind of prove a point or support something that they're trying to get across and chime in and contribute. But that also kind of brings us to the point, because I agree fully a hundred percent. And I think that also brings us to the human side of it where a lot of people don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, I mean, <laughs> to a certain extent, yes, you're kind of, whether you're a project manager or a, a creative, you know, if you're on, if you're in a meeting and you want to feel like you contribute, there's underlying things behind that. So, sure, buzzwords are hilarious and the industry jargon. I'll always laugh at them too. You'll catch me using them once in a while. Same with like I'm sure the three mm -hmm. of us. But then if you kind of like uh, dig a little deeper, it's like a, little, a lot of people are a little bit insecure, myself included sometimes. Um, Something, something we've talked about on this podcast before, and I, we could probably always inject a little bit of uh, a dose of that into future podcasts, is imposter syndrome. 
or like confidence and I'm you know you being eight years in the game you probably feel I'm not going to assume actually but one thing I'll ask is is it something that you feel a little bit less of more and more as you acquire more years and experience in the game you know it's interesting because when I first started I told myself it's all kind of fake it till you make it and it's so cliche but you need to act like you know everything you need to act like you know what you're doing even if you don't and if you don't you figure out how and that's kind of how I accelerated quicker and as quickly as I wanted to especially with coming from graphic design you know no one was doing print but that's kind of what I was set up for Mm -hmm. and then you know getting into more like digital experiences it was like what is this no one taught me any of this so it was like hell yeah I can do that and then I'd go home and like practice as much as I could and read up as much as I could. And then, you know, I'd come back and be like, you know what? Yeah, I can. So I, I feel like you kind of have to feel that sense of confidence, even when maybe in the back of your mind, you're terrified. But mm-hmm. it's almost like you're convincing yourself at the end of the day. Like, yeah, um, I, I totally know what I'm doing. I think that carries outside of your career too, like into your mm-hmm. life, like your future endeavors, um, any like approaches with like friendships or relationships. Um, when you have those downsides, you, I, I think it also stems with like being a designer. You always want to figure out shit. So having that like push to like understand, <clears throat> you've <clears throat> in like the past have had a lot of issues or problems that you've overcome or you've found solutions to it's always like a constant cycle I think for a lot of other I can't speak for everyone's career path but for designers it's 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 a mentality like it's something you're always your gears are always going as a designer yeah most of being a designer is your problem solving yeah that's that's what the job is at its core is you're solving problems down to like a granular level and down to like a more high level holistic level if you will there we go you have to be the north star of the the image of the brand hey our our um one of our final projects jeff and i in uh graphic design in school in school i forgot you guys went to school together so we did we did the i forget the name of the project but we did like a, a small video and it was showing clients versus the designers that it was that was like the premise of it and we 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 had uh jeff started we created this persona called clarence roplin (laughs) and he was like the savvy businessman that said all the fucking buzzwords yeah yeah such a cringy (laughs) douche not even a douche but just like such a dweeb yeah the video was fucking classic but it, it was funny um just i think even before we were conscious of the idea of this is the actual space we're actually making fun of like our careers essentially yeah we were woke before we were woke (laughs) that's pretty meta i think too like with you know creative for all the non-creatives out there i think when you start working in the creative industry you start to understand what creative actually means from a professional point of view like you have to be effective to be an effective creative because our parents have always been and, and our friends and family have always said you're so creative this and that but like a lot of people think that, but until you can start like realizing things and um, you know manifesting actual things that make a difference that create change, I think that's when creativity takes another 
uh, it takes on another level. Um, but a lot of, you know, my friends and family, you know, Steph and I were quickly discussing earlier that, you know, working for friends and family, although sometimes I'll still kind of take on small jobs and projects just out of fun and out of enjoyment just to help. But I'm starting to kind of veer a little bit further and further away from doing these things just because of time's sake. But I mean, yeah, like there's a lot of misconception when it comes to what we do, I find. Um, misunderstanding. Misunderstanding, <laughs> uh, for, for sure, right? And, and we've seen those memes on those um, designer accounts, those meme oh. accounts. Like, Let's get me what I act- day. <laughs> yeah, like what I actually do versus what my family thinks I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have like a whole grid of like drawing cartoons and then it's like making powerpoints and stuff like that and yeah like, that's a big part of being a designer yeah, <laughs> very much so is PowerPoints. so it's all my ppt designers out PPTX. there yeah. so if you're, if you're looking to get into graphic design or if you're mm. looking to maybe join this crazy crazy world just focus on powerpoint just know just know that it's not fucking it's not art you don't just know that it's not art. Like, if you're an artist, you can be an art. You can be an artist and a designer, but it's there. There are differences for sure. And this is just bringing it back to like the raw, kind of top level for people that don't actually know what we do. Yeah, they're like, true. "Yo, you're so artistic. You're creative. Can you do this logo for me? I'm, you know, I'll pay make, you for your work." I'm like, "Oh, bigger. you will." <laughs> and yeah. I, PPT holding it down. All right, just want to get that out of there. Get that off your chest. It's taken this whole time. And the reason I kind of like go back to that is just because, you know, for whoever's listening, whether it be creatives or whether it be people that have asked me to do free work before. (laughs) That's why they're listening. They're waiting for you to accept. Redemption hour right here. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I mean, all of it's, all of it is love for the most part. Like it's kind of like people don't know any better. So why not take the opportunity to be like, kind of set some, uh, dividers here like mm-hmm. kind of at least educate or kind of put people in the note rather than be jaded and be super offended about people asking you for free work if it's like obviously intentional or malicious to be like hey I'm gonna try to get you to do you can kind of tell when someone's trying to get you to do shit for free or trying to yeah, take, like, advantage take advantage of you yeah. this is still new like the in terms of like the digital side of design being uplifted because I feel like <laughs> designers are being respected a little more than before we a, a lot of times we had to earn that respect like i'd have an interview at a fucking some small bank like a credit um what are those banks called the uh cash for like a lo- loan yeah no no not the uh the credit um like the community it banks cash money for you so there's a credit with unions food stamps and shit <laughs> nah never that <laughs> food can you design food that are, we're, can you we're design trying to our stamps our, we our want the president stamps. on the bill wait we're in Canada sure yeah we want Trudeau on the bill president of Canada on the bill um no but like I've had interviews at shitty credit union places that are like no name spots to get like just yeah. a stable job like when I was first starting out and they would just be like, yeah, we do PowerPoints and Word and blah, blah, blah. And I'm fucking showing them all this, what I, I think is like dope, amazing design work. They don't give a shit about that. No. Uh, and a lot of them just ended up hiring somebody who was already at that level or in that field. So it was like a lot of times because um, I, too, started as a freelancer. So the whole idea of, hey, can you do this? No, but I, I can figure it out and I can do it for you. 
um, kind of stuck with me going into school and shit. And I just remember like getting get, like getting out of school. I don't know about your program stuff, but our program was pretty like jaded. <laughs> what do you <laughs> we mean? Like, yeah. What do you mean, like? Like. Like biased. Biased, but there wasn't a lot of uh, like I would say the send off was kind of shit. Like um, it's like okay, cool, you're good you're luck, done design goodbye. school. Good, good luck, goodbye. Like, like, oh, they weren't really like equipping you with the tools. Yeah, and like even yeah. our internships, okay. they wouldn't. I don't think we sat down with anybody from our schools. Like, hey, how did your internship go? I don't think I did that. Um, I actually, my internship was good. But yeah, I think mine was good too. But. It all depends because, you know, it's. I think our our school wasn't as credit nearly as credible as say like OCAD or Sheridan or mm-hmm. York Sheridan or um, like university status. Yeah, like university yeah. status and that really academia type of education for graphic stuff. Yeah, so that's another like pillar that's like or another like roadblock for yeah. respect. We didn't have those credentials, but so I think I'm not going to say we had to work ex- like harder because I don't, you know, who knows how hard people work, right? But at one point I think you and I both, you know, Nate and I both were kind of maybe we had a bit of a chip on our shoulder because we knew we were trying to work a little bit harder because we knew Seneca, the you know, Seneca on paper didn't look amazing. For the advertising program, um they they do pretty well. Mm-hmm. But for the graphic design program, it's highly competitive, and there's some beasts out there, right? Yeah. Like you have all the other ones. But we used to idolize like other designers from other programs. Well, oh, we we went to the OCAD Grad X show twice, I think, yeah. just to go like check it out, and we're yeah. like, holy yeah, shit! Yeah, just to, yeah, well, it's we like were... a whole event, you know? Yeah. It's like this yeah. big, like it's got so much notoriety in the city, you mm-hmm. know? And other grad shows are like. Hey, we put this on Eventbrite. Can you come? Yeah. <laughs> Please come to my grad show. That cut deep. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was that was ours as well. It was yeah. like, like, hey, you know, we have this thing going on. Can you come and just look at my book? So you picking up what, on the mic. What, <laughs> what school did you go to? Oh, you know, the best one? That <laughs> the one. The greatest one. Perfect. You're hired. Great yeah. school? Oh, I went to Humber. Um, and truth be told... I I don't know why I did this, but I just I decided I was going to take the exact same program my dad took in like 1987 because oh, he wow. took ad and graph advertising graphic design at Humber. And I like I idolize my dad. He I worship my dad. He's an illustrator. He is the <laughs> he um, he totally instilled in myself and my brother be whoever you want to be. Mm-hmm. Just totally encourage us creatively, and um, I'm like, you know what? I want to be like, be like my dad. My dad's pretty cool. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be like him. That's and awesome. I took that program without even really looking into what else was out there. I just went, yeah, this one, okay, ship it, yeah. and that was it. And um, looking back, I I think I mean I definitely got a good education. There was, of course, even with me having that maybe insecurity about. You know, I didn't, I didn't end up getting this degree or when people talk about going to university and, and versus college, they assume there's, you know, there's a difference in, in intelligence mm-hmm. or capability, mm-hmm. whereas in, in reality, it's like, you know, I went to school with people who did really well and who achieved 
honors and, you know, they, they kind of ticked all these boxes, but design is something that is more hands-on. It's not theory based. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, you look back in hindsight and it's like, it doesn't matter. They don't even look at where you went to school. They don't care. They look at your book Mm-hmm. And what can you offer us? What can you do? Mm-hmm. Take notes, people. Yeah, <laughs> write this down. But um, when you're just starting out, you know, and you're you feel like you have all these odds stacked against you, you assume that's one of them, and that I'm up against people who went to probably a better school, who got a better education, and they're going to get this job over me, and um, that's one of the reasons why I'm not good enough. And you start to kind of tell yourself all these things, and then as you start to grow in your career, you realize it means literally, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean anything. As long as you take what you're being taught and you apply it as best you can and you continue your education as you're on the site, like on site yeah. education. I mean, I wouldn't be doing what I am doing now if I relied entirely on school because I wasn't taught what I'm doing now. Gonna adapt Boom. and sharpen that pencil. That's huge, people, because I think... <laughs> Take you know, a shot for that. Yeah, for anybody listening that's interested in getting into create, you know, the creative industry or that actually has, is new to it, or even as an OG, I'm sure you can relate to what Steph just said. Um, these are, like, solid truths. These are, like, real, like, this is spoken from true experience. Because you can, again, you can watch as much YouTube as you want, and you can be self-taught. I think it's such a different... Um, time that we're living in right now but like I think I ask these questions is because these are the things that I would ask myself back in the day mm-hmm. whether it be lack of confidence to be in the creative field because I think creatives do especially if you've lasted this long if you're in the creative industry you do have a thick skin because you have it's, you, it's not that you don't have a choice, but you've actually made the choice to keep pursuing what you like to do. It is hard to monetize your passion, though. Like something that you're, that you actually label yourself as, or that you identify as, as a creative person. Especially once you start being paid to be creative, it does get harder because it's the boundaries are a little bit blurred on what you actually love doing and how well you're performing. And mm-hmm. there's always going to be pressure career-wise. That's just a job. That's just the way of life, right? So it's. I think there comes a point in time. I don't know if Steph, maybe we can get to that eventually, but I don't know if Steph has experienced uh, a, a really hard time where there was a lot, there was way more doubt than confidence. Um, mm-hmm. I personally have, which I've expressed previously on the podcast, but mm-hmm. if, you know, if that's something that Steph is willing to share or Nate's willing to share, then by all means, we can talk about that too. But I think that's an important thing because some of that does take a toll on people and you do have to have a thick skin and you have to be able to compartmentalize your emotional state when you're trying to perform versus your performance. Yeah. Passion is very, very um, difficult to balance when, especially when you are in a corporate environment. I think that's where the most, I guess you would say, financially stable or sound opportunities are, but at the same time, you're sacrificing a lot of that passion, a lot of that freedom to kind of um, put yourself in a specific category or box. One thing, though, about when we go back to, like, um, credentials and schools, there's certain, like, my past employer only hired from York Sheridan. Hmm. So it was weird because I get there, 
all these people know each other. It was like it was like goddamn like uh, Hogwarts, man. <laughs> It's like fucking Gryffindor. That'd be great. You guys have I, some lunchtime. I'm like, that. hey, have you met lunchtime have, Quidditch games? <laughs> I'm like, hey. have you met uh, Matthew? Yeah, I went to school with. Oh, okay. I yeah, guess, we made out once. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I've I've always found I was like the black sheep in terms of um, a lot of the places I've worked because they hired a specific uh, type or a specific school, which I found mostly York Sheridan and OCAD. And I was always the black sheep of like Seneca, but I'm like, I didn't. That actually propelled me to actually do more. So they mm-hmm. actually said that they only hired from your Sheridan. Yes, okay. that's fucked up. Like that's almost like a. That's like in a. It's a bias. It's be a yeah. bylaw, yeah. you know? A I don't bylaw. Have, <laughs> municipal we gotta, bylaw. We gotta yeah. get into the nitty gritty of that. Yeah. Maybe we can, uh, you know. I've seen that a lot actually, yeah. where you know they get a few good, you know, candidates from one specific program. And they decide, you know what? It's easier than having to screen all these different people. Let's narrow it down mm-hmm. and cool. funnel students right out of school into these positions. Yep. Um, I can I can understand why, you know, people would do it in terms of it being a bit easier to, you know, find people. And mm-hmm. some of those people sure, are but like the that, smartest people I've ever met. So that's it was like a double edged sword because. I'm now put in this position where I can learn so much from these people, but I, I also have to um, not necessarily mask what I know, but like be on my P's and Q's to like kind of uh, assimilate into um, how they work and like what they've learned versus what I've learned. Because they would often reference like, oh yeah, we did this in this program or whatever. I'm like, I have no fucking experience in that, but I've... I've done it through like freelance opportunities or whatever else. Um, so there's that side of it. And then the other side is like, okay, I'm like this kind of outlier, but what can I show um, to these graduates or like this school that like I, I might have more ad agency or like print or whatever it is experience that I can kind of convey into the type of work I'm doing that separates me from them. So, and I think for me as well, kind of to your point, you know, you might start off and you, you kind of stack all these odds against yourself and you think, well, I didn't go to this school and I didn't get this and they have this over me. And then you start to realize, well, everyone has strengths that, you know, it's things that make you unique Mm-hmm. And obviously you have a unique offering and there's a reason why you're there. So, okay, they might have a different background than you, but everyone does. Mm-hmm. And everyone, you could have the exact same on, on paper, you could have the exact same education, but your performance could be completely different. It's all down to the individual. And I think that, I mean, obviously it, it took me a long time. At first I was totally, you know unsure of myself I think that everyone kind of goes through it everyone feels the insecurity and I feel like especially and and something that I've realized now that I'm at where I'm at in my career in terms of length of time Mm -hmm. it takes a long time for people to even trust what you're saying you could be saying the same thing but if you're a junior they challenge you they challenge you to death and they make you feel like what you're saying 
you know, is not valid and you've really got to prove yourself. And it's so, you know, if you're not careful, it can be really disheartening. And, you know, you could, people can easily give up because people are, will challenge you to death. But then once you get to a certain point and you've kind of gone through the trenches, then you can, you know, people will just trust your judgment. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at now where I will propose something that I probably would have proposed a few years ago. And it's like, oh, yeah, go for it. We trust you. Mm-hmm. Just because I have senior versus junior yeah. in my title. It's about earning the respect yeah. and the trust comes with it. This is some real shit, people. <laughs> for all your, your young I hope you got your, your Sharpies out and your highlighters. Guess and your Crayolas and your toe socks. I hope you got your toe socks on and your Crayolas and your bowl cuts. And you're just... Can we talk about toe socks? Can yeah, we? you know what? Let's, let's diverge a little bit from the design and let's talk about some real life shit. Oh, yeah, some real shit. So right something here. that I actually I wanted to. Do you match to, your socks, Steph? Uh, are they matched right now? Okay, good. Yes, they are. Oh, thank God. Um, That's why you're here. Yeah, because otherwise we would have. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten past security at the door. Oh uh, yeah, up the wazoo. Yeah, just um, socks is number one on the criteria list actually um, so to get in through the door. Yeah. You know. Um, the Imagine bouncer that's outside. like the, the club standard. It's like TSA. You got to take your shoes off. Kind of socks you got uh, on. Is that uh, merino wool? Or is yeah. that, <laughs> this, are, are those leather? Is that a lanolin? Is this vegan leather? Is this um, alpaca wool? <laughs> Great wool. Um, is this honey this badger one. choda? Human hair? <laughs> choda. Is this, is this the choda skin of a honey badger? Because you can only get that. Honey badger fupa? <laughs> yeah. Is this the forearm of a grandmother? The, un, the underbelly? Yep. Is this is a, a skin graph of a, of a Nona? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing skin, a skin socks. A Maltese <laughs> Nona. Holy. We just, yeah, we just did a 180. This we is went lovely. from being... Welcome to banter. Extremely... Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. Um, I'm happy where we've landed. Me too. Yeah. What are you chewing? Some grandmother skin. You find that in your sock. The, I had the gum fupa. In my You've got <laughs> nothing like a nice warm fucking chiclet from the I have, pot. I have one more XL. I'll put it on the table. Oh, you guys got to arm wrestle for Nathan, it. Nathan, we can cut it in half. <laughs> cut it in half and snort it. Yeah. I don't have my. You take a bite on one half. I'll take a bite on the other, and we'll cut it into small pieces. Do like a, a nice bump my, of my that. My breath or is good. XL. My breath yeah. is good. Accelerate your thinking. What I actually I wanted to talk about. Was I was I was thinking about things to talk about for this podcast because you know, as as you know, as witty and spontaneous as it might sound, then I, I do like to have my anecdotes and my talking points, and I was thinking about where and when did I meet Nathan? And yeah, that's good. Let's what hear that. was that experience? And I actually remember, and it was the weirdest. I didn't know what to think of you, and that's odd for me because it's usually the other way around. Yeah. Because I have a very dry sense of humor, and most people are taken totally off guard by that. Yeah. And they often think I'm being serious and strange, and um, it's very rare that I get that reaction (laughs) because um, I think the first time we met, we were in a brief for a client, and it was kind of a shit show of a project as things things we'll go sometimes and um we hadn't we hadn't really talked on a personal level yet i only really knew you from like 
the the meeting kind mm-hmm. of Nathan's meeting presence, you know, his oh, yeah. his ethos, you know. <laughs> Tell me about that. What's that? And, I've never uh, seen Nathan like, action in the professional world. Yeah, we're going to do this and ah, no, we're going to blah, blah, blah. And just, you know, very down to, straight to business. And so I'm, I totally had a different, you know, perspective on, on who Nathan was. And um, I'm sitting in the pit of designers and <laughs> I don't even remember. I only remember what you said to me. And I didn't. You walk by, you're like, hey, yeah, I smelled your hair earlier. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. what? <laughs> and I went, uh-huh, okay. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, it's going to turn around Crazy, and just man. keep oh, doing man. what I'm doing. You are a loco amigo, yeah, dude. I don't, I don't even and it was that. like, not only was it not in any type of conversation, it was so disruptive. And it was like, hey, <laughs> sniffed your hair earlier. What do you think of that? <laughs> and then you sat down, in. you put your coat over your, your chair, and you just kind of sat down and continued working. And I just went, <laughs> oh, Okay, this will either be very weird or we will become good friends. And um, it ended up being the former. The latter. Yeah. The latter. His folks, his folks for that. Hosanna's. I'm not even that surprised. I still laugh, but I'm not even that surprised. That's that's, cra- I don't remember shit. I, I can't remember yeah, what I, I did last week. I your hair earlier. Yeah, that's amazing. Fuck. I still use the same shampoo, but you've never commented again, and I'm a little hurt by that. Just... A shampoo? Were you wow. talking here like that? good. It's like a G- good Herbal Essences terrific? Pantene Pro-V collab oh, that's a with sick. a little bit of jojoba oil. Is that a hype beast collab? It's L'Oreal, like, Kids. oil essence of youth. Rashnak. Essence of Moroccan, youth. Moroccan yeah. hair oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a uh, freshly squeezed. Sediment yeah. extract. Yeah. Um, that, so that was the shampoo or conditioner? Hmm? You, you do a oh my god, you gotta couple right? them. You gotta get both in there. Because if you start to mix things around and you start using different scents, then you mm. gotta you got a problem. It cancels yeah. each other. You know, you're not getting any compliments there. No. How do you feel about <clears throat> the two in one? Like the oh, that's <laughs> shoulders. The fucking Trent, the Trevor. <laughs> the Trevor. Just washes his entire fucking body with one type like of a soap. With a, with a sliver of Irish spring. Yeah. <laughs> Lever 2000. Yeah, just... Um, it's had hair and body on it. Why do I have dandruff now? It's Don't just like a small chip of the bar left. And he uses <laughs> it everywhere. Bar. The disc? Yeah, soap on a rope. <laughs> the fucking UFO disc of a bar? Soap on a rope, brother. Hey, <laughs> fucking brother. how you doing, you fucking beauty? Oh, fucking soap on a rope here. <laughs> do the old elephant walk? Little cookie duster. <laughs> that drives me crazy, by the way. The, the whole like just kind of the the puffing of the chest and like the, the little waddle. Yeah. It's like but you don't yeah. really walk like that. Yeah. It's almost like Tight girls skate. who talk like this. It's oh, like, yes. like but you this. don't you don't like, really talk like that. Like they're always and a little bit disgusted but accepting it. It's like they have marbles in their mouth when they talk. <laughs> it's just everything just suddenly becomes like a vocal fry. Oh, yeah. Marbles. yeah, and then I just, just really I, I just couldn't yeah. even it just, it's Sounds sudden, like a zipper, you know. like a big plastic zipper being zipped up or down. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know when they say thank you. It's like the, <laughs> just the diaphragm is gone. Yeah. There's no yeah. more projecting from the diaphragm. There's, there's no more, you know, using 
your your natural god given given voice anymore you're you're adapting and you're taking on this persona which is like i talk like this and then one day oh, i'm with my girls okay now i'm gonna talk like this do you guys want to go yeah. on the Mech. next episode it, of explained it's not fuck it's <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not fuck, it's feck, and it's not bitch, it's bitch. Oh, well, feck is, like, Irish. That's what they say. That's, uh-huh. like, a very Irish thing. It's like, oh, feck. Um, oh, 23 and Me. Oh, uh, did I, that? I did that shit. Um, like, results are in? Results are in. Um, I am... Hang on, um, hang, hang the fuck on. What's 23 and Me? It's the ancestry, like, genetics, where you send off your spittles to... The, the company so they can make a clone of you. Oh, sick. And then um, in return, they tell you what your your background is and um, possibly any health risks or, Interesting. you know, predispositions that you may have. Um, mm. And also some, you know, traits. Found out a lot about myself, but also didn't as well because I was not shocked <laughs> by my results. I think you actually, really? our last meetup, I think you told me. Did I? I feel like you did. Is that, are we ready for the big reveal? I feel like yeah. there's uh, a little hint of some uh, some Spaniard. Oh. A little spoiler there. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I did tell you. Okay. So See, I don't forget everything. Nathan and I go for coffee every Saturday. That's another thing. We kind of, um, we do like a little tour of, of mid to west end Toronto. We yeah. rate coffee. So far, um, one sip, everybody knows the rules. Yeah, so far it's not doing so, not 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 going so well. A lot of places just don't really tickle our fancy. What's the number one spot so far? Oh, for me it's Pilot. Pilot Pilot Binos. I don't know if Thor still uses Pilot, but their Americano's fucking great. What's the credential? Do you guys get different coffees each time, or is it always just a black? Oh, I always get, I always get a flat. I always go for the espresso based drink, so I always get like a flat white. But I just, I like a certain type i guess oh, i don't want to get into like the really pretentious shit yeah yeah that, honestly i don't even know it's fair though i don't even it's know but yeah I mean, it's like I if it tastes good it tastes good, good. Yeah. it ain't folgers were good yes you no ask. offense to folgers actually, you go i don't want to lose you as a sponsor Listen, i was at my nona's spot like last month and she hit me with the folgers after i took the sip though i took the sip uh, yeah. i'm like this is actually really good what is this rust folgers you didn't say that it was actually it was a different kind of Folgers though. It wasn't the regular. Sometimes Folgers. You got my Folgers mom will make cup? me like instant coffee. And I'm like, what is this? This is good coffee. She's like, oh, it's instant. And I'm like, no, no, my no, Nona's no. not gonna fucking have the fucking latest espresso machine. She's a Nona. She's not she should pull be a like double shot, man. She should have the beans growing in her backyard and her. She's a Nona, man. My my uncle needs, you know, it's just Coca Cola there. <laughs> they grew, yeah. Coca Cola and ginger ale. The Coca Cola beans. No, Seven Up. They do Seven Up. Mm. Yeah. Pepsi. Oh, fucking Pepsi tastes like cat piss, bro. <laughs> okay, well, before Pepsi. we get down into the carbonated <laughs> beverage talk, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I did do 23andMe um, and um, found out that I am violently Scottish. Oh, that's like, such a suitable adjective. Yeah. That would be a great t-shirt. Like, not even just... You know, somewhat or an acceptable amount. It's like an aggressively, you know, just an obtuse, um, threatening amount of, of Scottish in oh, wow. my background. Like Celtic blood. Like Dr. McGillicuddy's? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm sure there's a McGillicuddy there somewhere. <laughs> 
in my lineage. I mean, the it fuck is, is McGillicuddy. It's a it's a last name. It's a Scottish. Anything with yeah. Mick. It's a it's a there's a peach schnapps called yeah, Doctor yeah, yeah, yeah. McGillicuddy's, and I will never touch that shit again. I remember. But, oh, <laughs> Steph's last name. Steph, what's your last name? Hammond. But Hammond, okay. okay. Ham. Two M's. Uh, whereas when I go to the doctor's office, it's Hammond. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I appreciate adding the, you know, making it sound it a little bit more exotic than it is. So Hammond is actually a German last name. My dad knows so much about this shit. And the, the thing that kind of sucked was, but, I mean, it's cool, but it also sucked a lot because I already knew my background. Mm-hmm. Like, all of my mom's family is, is Scottish. Like, my grandmother is, you know, straight off the boat from Scotland. Like, oh, stiffy. Oh, uh, and I'm telling her about this. I did this 23andMe thing. She's like, oh, why the hell are you doing that for? Family Do you have a family crest? Sick. You know, uh, but we do you have know? like a family. <laughs> I have a, it's a tattoo on my back, actually. It tastes Sick. like a full. Lower back? It's a full back tattoo. Tribal? No, I don't. <laughs> it's in between all the tribal yeah. Um... Well, we do. So my dad's super into this whole like genealogy thing. And it's interesting because we had family that was in like the Irish potato famine. Like, makes sense. Sorry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, you never heard about that? The no. Irish, you've I, never heard of the potato famine? That's not right a there, joke. Man. That's some know, serious but, shit, man. I don't know shit about Drop fuck. We're still sensitive about it. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. It's like the. Back the truck up. Oh, I yeah, Jeff, how do you know about this? I've just heard about it through, like, history and through, like, certain movies and stuff. I don't know everything. I actually know very little about it, but I know that there was, like, a a point in time. It was almost kind of like the Great Depression version of Ireland or Scotland. Mm. But, see, I don't, again, I'm I'm not going to pretend like I know about it, but I've I've always had interest in learning that side of history. I just haven't. You gotta watch those movies, bro. Yeah, it doesn't dude. sound like you're very interested because you don't. Yeah, know super anything. fucking interested, but if you look at my movie list, I got a lot of shit to do. Got a lot of shit to learn. Beethoven. Still reading the same fucking book from last year, so I'm getting there. All right, in time. Still, you haven't finished Rugrats in Paris yet. Quick, yeah, quick question though. Lesson. Quick question though. When somebody asks you, like, what's your background? Mm-hmm. What do you say? A wee bit Spanish. <laughs> Just a wee bit Spanish, <laughs> Steffi. Um, well, I usually say guess because I'm always so, interested, so and it tends to be the same couple responses. Everyone thinks I'm Eastern European. Um, I, yeah, I could probably see that. Like, I, oh, are you Russian? Are you Polish? Bones. Are you bones this? For days. Well, it's like, unless you're a redhead, you people will not assume that you're Scottish. Because mm. if you're Scottish, you can look like anything, really. There's no really defining feature list for people from Scotland, unless it's like the it's stereotypical. Not black, really. <laughs> I've never met a black Scotsman. I've had or a black uh, Russian. I had a friend who lived in Scotland. She lives in London now, and she did like her masters in Scotland. Oh, is she following Steph? <laughs> yes, that's not. Yes, she is. Oh, dickhead. Let's not go there. <laughs> Fucking guy, we gotta cut this shit. You this know, guy. okay. <laughs> this guy. Um, so, but she was saying there's like actually, I don't know, a decent amount of visible minorities there anyways back to my question i ask you this because i've asked multiple caucasian women in canada what their background is mm-hmm. and they'll just say canadian because most people don't know yeah because most fucking say canadian i know because canadian isn't is i mean all of us have 
roots elsewhere. Of course. Especially Canada, because it's new as a as a country. Like we, you know, unless we're native, mm-hmm. Aboriginal, we aren't. You know, we obviously have come from other places, and so it's. Of course. My family's always been super interested in this this type of shit. Um, it gets a little embarrassing, but like my dad, he's so. He, like, uncovered pretty much, like, our whole story from where we came from in Ireland from back to, like, the potato famine thing. Do you want me to explain what the potato famine is? Please. All right. Well, um, okay. I'm not very good at an Irish accent, so I'll just... Just regular. <laughs> no Scottish yeah. or an Irish? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're the same well, thing. what's the difference? Okay, so oh, there okay, is... okay, so there is no. territory there. I was going to say, isn't <laughs> no. that, isn't that fighting Oh, my words? God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be disowned. Oh, my God, no. We're going to lose a lot of followers. Yeah, we didn't gonna come lose to take part. We're really isolating your Irish... We have a lot of Irish, uh, Irish uh, followers cranberries. and audience. Cranberries. Wait, fucking I actually... Rest in peace. Yeah, I can do a bit of an Irish accent, but I won't do it. Okay. Just, um, Good call. Yeah, I might have some Irish mm. listeners on here, so Dude, yeah, I don't want to offend. Have you have you done twenty three me? No, I got you my might dad have an a little an, Irish in you, man. I got my dad an ancestry thing, um, okay. but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I think once my dad knows, I'll have a good idea because there's not too much of a separation there. But I, you know, it's interesting to me. It is interesting. Value perception right now, from my end, I don't. Um, it's totally valuable, but I just haven't prioritized it. But yeah, I I would It'd be pretty cool. To be honest, it's like the whitest thing to do 23andMe or like just to figure out your ancestry. I'm going to clone you in 10 years. I think it's understandable though because maybe there's such a prominence in culture nowadays. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of there's a substance to, to being an immigrant here in Canada, I think, right? And it's not saying anything supersedes one or the other, but I think when I have talks with my fiance sometimes, um, I could tell that she's like she actually is interested and intrigued by other cultures because if you weren't around that all the time, if you know she grew up in London where there's not much visible minority, mm-hmm. even though one of her best friends is a vis- visible minority. But like I think you just maybe, I think you're allowed to be curious, right? So I think maybe that could be a reason. Yeah, right? it probably feels like it's something you know. You feel a little left out. I'm getting a little yeah. triggered here because I'm reminded of all of the culture day potlucks in elementary school. Yeah. Um, what the hell am I supposed to bring? I'm not bringing fucking haggis. Yeah. Like there's nothing that <laughs> it represents my culture that is even remotely edible. And I am not ashamed. <laughs> like my Nana's haggis. cultural dish. Oh, I made wee bit of McCain fries for you, Steffi. Yeah. They've got a bit of freezer burn on them. Cavendish. But that's okay. Scrape it off. I've made a toaster strudel for you there, Steffi. Like, there's toaster nothing. Strudel. There's nothing. Now, let's people bring in samosas and all these amazing, beautiful dishes. And then there's me. What am I supposed to bring? And so, obviously, it's like when there's traditions and there's traditional, you know, clothing and, and food and maybe, like, you're kind of surrounded, especially in Canada, where a lot of your friends have very rich cultural mm-hmm. traditions. And my family is like, oh, yeah, we made some peas and some white chicken, chicken and uh, some roasted potatoes, which, honestly, great food. Oh, but yeah. Fantastic. Oh, Fantastic. Yeah. But literal, literal meat and potatoes. And mm. other people are getting, like, these exotic things like spices. Okay. Um, and flavor, um, you might feel a little left out. 
So, uh, yeah, maybe that is why it's very predominantly white mm. to want to figure out where you came from because you don't really have much of an identity. Mm. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. That's maybe. Way, no, I don't that's know. a way to maybe. represent, too. Sure. Um, I feel like there's a. I mean, we might be dipping into like a weird territory here, but I don't know what this feels like, but there's a sense of white. I've heard the term white guilt. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is that like a thing? Because I don't like. I mean, is that when like white people say sorry to black people, mm-hmm. or For Asian people, or yeah. Spanish? They people, apologize but, like, because of on the media. behalf of yeah, yeah. And there's like, I feel like there's a lot of weird shit going on in the world. I mean, that's gonna be maybe for another episode. That's, like, yeah, episode <laughs> second second. But there's episode a lot of overcorrection with a lot of things. I think that's my opinion, and I could totally be wrong, but I'm totally open to having a conversation I think so. about it. Yeah. Devil's advocate, Jeff. Jevil's advocate. Jeff. Hell yeah. Devil's um, eggs. Lettuce. <laughs> Making nice sandy there. Deviled eggs. Great cultural dish to bring to your potluck. Deviled eggs. If you're a white person with no culture. That's like cool me. that well, that, that, um, that you had culture days because we never had that. Are you kidding? Yeah. Where did you Where did you go to elementary school? Well. Oh. <laughs> Like what area did I you grow up? Wants? Okay, yeah, I went to Hogwarts <laughs> and um, <Is> Mimico. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the East End somewhere, actually, opposite um, where no one Morning, ventures. Morning in Scarborough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You grew up in Scarborough. No, oh. I actually um, grew up in Mississauga. I was born and raised in Mississauga. What, part, what part of Mississauga? Well, I I grew up in. So it was Rathburn and Central Parkway. That's where I spent the first. The mall, right? Yeah, the I bought all my Pokemon cards there, man. Boom. Yeah, those were the days. Oh, I stole all mine. <laughs> I Listen, them. Um, I had some knockoffs too. Okay. You know, I I wasn't as privileged as some of my friends were, but hey. Um, so Rathburn Central Parkway. Then I moved to Mavis and Britannia, right across from the big mall. Um, you go outside and the amount of traffic, you literally go home with like a layer of soot yeah. on your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's right off the highway to, too, right? Yeah. It's a, I'm pretty sure I'd be about like six feet tall if I didn't <laughs> breathe in all that shit. But, you know, um, poison yeah. stunts the growth. A little bit of a Chernobyl effect in a little the saga. Bit. Yeah. yeah. That I know where Britannia and Mavis is. that tatted on your chest. <laughs> That's a little further west too, right? <laughs> Poison stunts the growth. <laughs> Holy fuck. That's on my family crest. That's affordable. We're all quite short, Poison to be honest. stuns the growth. I'm the tallest woman in, on my dad's side, actually. Um, yeah, and that's not saying much because I'm only like 5'5". Five, five. I'm only like 5'5". Five, five. Five. I am. Well, you think like I am? 5'6"? 6 6 5'6"? on a good day. No. See, the thing is, is it like... the platform shits you rock? It's... <laughs> yeah, my Doc Martens, they add yeah. about... You know, five inches or so. It's just my confidence makes me seem so much taller. It's true. Or just my arrogance. But um, (laughs) no, I'm, my family's all, we're all quite short. Um, Tallest woman on my dad's side. My mom's side. So back to, we're going to circle it back. We're going to circle back to the 23andMe thing. Um, Found out I have a very, and also aggressively high amount of Neanderthal variants. Um, honestly explains a lot. Um, knuckle dragon. Yeah. just, I beat my chest a lot and, um, you know, the really pronounced, um, brow and, uh, a little bit of an underbite. Oh yeah. Underbite on the weekdays. Yeah. I feel like, uh, 
um, that dude that <laughs> that narrates Planet Earth and like, David Attenborough should be Woo! talking about yeah. your lineage right now. Well, you know, I've been trying to call him, but he's busy. So Attenborough, he's, um, come on the show. Yeah, I mean, he's British, so we we're probably related somehow. To be honest, mm-hmm. so um, related to that, twenty three me. Um, Neanderthal variant. So apparently the Neanderthal, Neanderthal variant that I have is that I'm slightly taller than the average woman. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, that's, again, that's uh, not saying very much because I am not that tall. Uh, literally like 5'5". Five, five. It's a good um, height. It's a good height for one. It's like I fall in the middle, I think. What but, would your ideal height be? What would you want to be? So it's so silly and stupid but when I was in high school I completely worshipped Audrey Hepburn and she's five she was five seven and I wished I was as tall as her I just wanted to be her and um I was I was only five five and um I I always wanted to be five seven because I thought that's like the perfect height and you know you're so tall and slender you're not stumpy and whatever like me but, um, yeah, but now I'm like, whatever, five, five is, it's, it's in the middle, it's you know, good. it's good for, uh, for kicks, right? Oh yeah. I could, you know, the if high kicks I kicked, do. If you want to give kicks. If you want to give kicks and one, um, another little pop out video fa- fact, pop up video, pop up, pop up video would be, uh, Steph in her Celtic lineage, um, <laughs> actually hails from. Uh, a, a long line of dojo masters. In, uh, <laughs> I, I the forgot karate. I told you about that. Karate. We're leaving this for the the actual loyal listeners listening for a fucking hour. This is a <laughs> fucking gem right here. All right, from the top stuff. Uh, oh, you, okay. Um, well, I well, okay. So my parents actually met. Um, in karate class, my dad was my mom's karate teacher. Oh, a little um, conflict of interest. Well, I mean, they're like the same age, so it wasn't weird. But um, she joined his karate club with her whole family. So this is her brother, both her parents, both her Scottish, straight off the boat parents. Who <laughs> just they didn't okay they didn't last very long. But anyway, the whole family was there. And that's how they met. Um, and then they actually started their own karate club together. Um, it's like a Bruce Lee story. This is a fucking movie. Yeah. We got we to gotta write Enter the script. Enter the Dragon. Yeah. That's, that's exactly also on the like crest. Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Um, and so that's they had a karate club. I remember them having this karate club um, up until I was maybe five or so. And after that, you know, obviously with obligations your parents and whatever and you're working it's you're not going to continue to be um you know a fucking ninja full time you know so you gotta do that in your in your off time Mm -hmm. so no more club for majority of um my childhood and then my younger brother jason he got to jason one time yeah um, Jay got really into MMA, martial arts, and when he was like twelve, he joined a club, and he made his way up to like 
I like with martial arts, it's different. It's not black belt the way that they, you know, kind of measure the different ranks. It's like you get a green shirt, you get a yellow shirt, white shirt, whatever. But he like quickly made his way up there. And by the time he was like 15, he was already like crazy, crazy good. He's kicking and doing the splits. And the funny thing was we used to like, obviously when you're kids, you beat each other up and whatnot. But it got to a certain point where I'm like, I'm going to die if I fight (laughs) him now. Yeah. So that's where it all ended is when he got really, he got some techniques in there and I'm like, okay. Yeah, she got so, real. yeah. So, um, everyone in my family is, is essentially, they're all ninjas and I'm the failure. Cause I, I didn't get into it at all. Um, it's a funny story actually, because my friend, oh my God, this happened in the summertime. So my friend, Miriam, I love you, but, um, I'll never forgive you for this. Oh, <laughs> she, shit. Here we Calling go. Out. Here we go. <laughs> so she, she's like, you know, I really want to get into um, a, um, a structured exercise where there's a class and there's an instructor and they're teaching you how to do something. And it's, you know, it, it also kind of boosts your confidence because you feel like you can maybe fight back. And so she wanted to do jujitsu. Like Brazilian and or traditional jujitsu? Brazilian jujitsu. Hell yeah. And um, this is my brother does, you know, and I've I also grew up watching UFC and like mixed martial arts and Pride FC and all that stuff. So boom, yeah. Um, I'm I'm going into this thinking I know exactly what to expect, and I know how this is going to go because I was never in any type of organized sport in my life. I. Mm-hmm purposely tried to strike out in baseball in school just so I could sit on the bench. Like this is, this is who I was. Um, so I'm like, okay, this is, this is going to be interesting. So I go, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll give it a, I'll give it a try. I'll see, maybe I'll like it. But I knew in the back of my mind, I'm like, I know I'm probably not going to, not going to like this. And so we, we signed up for like the, the trial version of, of this class and first thing we, we get in there and like, here's your gi. This is how you tie your belt. Um, and they're like asking us questions like, why are you here? Like, what brought you here? And I'm like, well, you know, my family's a bunch of fucking ninjas and I'm the failure. And so I might as well, you know, feel Ooh, like I'm part of this family. I'm not adopted. So that's why I'm here. Mm. And uh, so we're off to a great start. And um, we walk in, there's about four. It's me. Oh, it's only four of us. So it's me and her and these two dudes. And um, <laughs> this one inst- instructor who's like just total spaz. Um, bless his heart. But Did he have American pants on? Like you know. Star-spangled pants? Like fucking Napoleon Dynamite. Is it Rex? You know, I would, I would actually really enjoy that class. Um, but no, he was, uh, he was not. Not in American um Garb, if you will. Um, So we walk into this this room, and on one side of the room are the um, advanced students. Mm -hmm. So the people who actually know what they're doing. And then we go on the other side, and this is where we're going to make asses of ourselves in front of the advanced student class of about 30 dudes rolling around the floor. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, damn it. So, and I don't like being bad at things either. It's just part of my nature. I 
I'm competitive in that way. I don't like looking stupid. I don't think anyone does, but for me, I get especially frustrated and I, I'm like, this is not, I don't want to be here. I'm like looking at the window. Like, can I jump? I'm so done. And, um, the guy's like, all right, so this is what we're going to do. You're going to roll on the floor then you're going to tumble this way and you're going to do like fucking somersault. I can't even do a somersault because I'm terrified of like cracking my neck. I can't even do that much. And he's like, all right, now your turn. And I go, excuse me? I didn't hear any of that. None of that was even English. So we are like literally rolling around the floor like a bunch of grubs. Big Jamaican accent. Yeah. And I'm rolling around. I'm like, can't fucking. I'm getting so mad. I'm getting so frustrated. She's just rolling. I literally just like, imagine me angry and rolling around on the floor. Very rigid. Like a. a, Not not as. More like a cube. Kind of like a pupa. Just a what? Like a pupa, not even a grub. More like I'm, I'm a shelled insect, and I'm mad, and I'm rolling from one end of the mat to the other. That's a new word. <laughs> I just learned a new word. You know, you come here for the education. Yeah. Um, and so the, I'm, I'm angry. I'm sweating. I want to leave, and we're standing, and we're facing this instructor, and he goes, "Okay, ready for second part." part two and it's the four of us and we just we're standing there I'm looking at him just like fuck this guy next to me his pants fall down <laughs> I just imagine the sound for like <laughs> like pants fucking fall oh, and I'm like this cannot get any more embarrassing this cannot be any more humiliating of an experience was he not wearing any underwear no he was but it was just like how can this look even more pathetic type thing and that had to happen. It was almost like someone pants, like a ghost pantsed him just so that the advanced class could be like, wow. wow. The phantom yeah. of the dojo. Yeah. So that happened. And that, that was where I went, you know what? Mm-hmm. Um, not my thing, you know? <laughs> oh, so you didn't continue? No. There's, and, there's no redemption. So, so I texted my dad like immediately afterwards. And I'm, I was so just... It was silly of me to get that angry, but I I was just so over it. And I, I said to him, like, you guys are a whole bunch of fucking ninjas, and look at me, I'm a failure. And, he's, and he just starts laughing, because it obviously was silly. But, like, it's just so funny that my whole family is so naturally gifted in that. And there's me, who can't even do a somersault, who, you know, in a class with, you know, pantsless Pete, who <laughs> I can't succeed in this at all. You know, am I adopted? Well, 23andMe says otherwise. But, <laughs> so back on 23andMe. Um. <laughs> we keep going back to 23andMe. That's an interesting yeah. anecdote cyclical, yeah. of their first Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu class. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, because that's, I mean, that's a real, that's a real story from a real person that's actually You can't it. make that shit up. That's... Yeah. I do have experience in doing Jiu-Jitsu. In oh, Brazilian really? Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, for sure. And I know it's like... You know the warm up. They make you do those uh, those tumbles, those like kind of jujitsu rolls, shrimping. Yeah. Um, you know, like falling when you hit the mat, you slap mm-hmm. down on the mat, and usually that's a warm up. And then you start doing the drills, and then you do rolling and all that stuff. But yeah, it's tough, and it's got to be intimidating for someone going into it, whether they even know martial arts or not, because karate is entirely different than mm-hmm. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. A lot of martial arts are different, right? And then, you know, back in the day, we would argue like, you know, which one's better? So let's put it to the test, but. End of the day, martial arts is good for your 
your mental health. But it's not the only thing that's good for your mental health. It definitely helps, but just like anything else, I think it serves as an outlet. It's but it's discipline too. Yeah. Discipline. It's out. It's your outlet. I mean, people get into it for different reasons, and it didn't seem like your reason was genuine because you're already kind of unsure, and you were just trying to maybe um, go because you know because of your family, right? There's a lot of appeasement for yeah. friends, for family, not for me. But at least yeah. you went and did it, and you kind of know you're like, ah, fuck it, I'm good at other shit. This and hey, like I got a, a funny session. anecdote out of it, guys. Hell yeah. You know, yeah. That's Pantless what really matters. I forgot about that pant. Yeah, those pants, pants the gi pants are really weird because if I you don't tie them properly. I never imagined them falling. Oh, See, yeah. If you, don't, belts. if you don't tie them properly because they're drawstrings, there's no belt. So the belt doesn't hold your pants up. The belt keeps your gi closed. So mm-hmm. it's like right, uh, left over right. But yeah, your pants are a whole different story. I'd say the pants should go up to the nips so you get that gi support. That's so uncomfortable. You get pure <laughs> That's boot. Be your merch. You'll get pure ninja boot from, from yeah. that moose knuckle. Ch- chafed nips. Yeah. yeah. Just chafed everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you guys come out with your merch, that should be silk, number one. Silk gis. Little yeah. um, half-spoiler. We're, we're planning to release some merch once we acquire some equity and some listeners and Coming that'll be a well, this episode start. won't Coming help soon. you there yeah <laughs> it's gonna get a lot of drop off your analytics are gonna be showing some negative uh, data there there's no some, we gotta get uh, our beaks wet you know we'll a little hair down there's some rich uh, data actually in this podcast that we can pull and leverage yeah and we can I think actually really inform the results um, yeah. determine like you know. to see the blue sky outcome yeah and um, if not we can table it you know, we can definitely table it. It can be, you know, iteration two. It can be a, a future state. Mm. Yeah. And we can certainly edit this by tomorrow EOD. Yeah, let's flesh that out real quick. I would just delete this whole thing, really. Yeah. Just um, start just over with a new guest. Storm out of the office and fucking headbutt everybody. Yeah. So that was a nice dosage of complete industry jargon. A lot of you guys are probably not even listening anymore. We switched that up so smooth, though. That was nice. Oh yeah, that that's, nice. that's expert level. Yeah, you know this is, I'm I'm so happy to finally have Steph on as our first female guest. <laughs> and the last. I'm not yeah. cutting it off. I'm just acknowledging that because we haven't really even said that yet. Irish potato famine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I never answered your question. Uh, so so go? funny, fun fact. I don't know about you guys. Sing us out. Um, <laughs> Uh, Nathan and I, and not only just Nathan and I, this is most of my friends and I, we will start probably 15 different conversations and probably finish three or four. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We go, we intertwine like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Banter. Yeah. I think, um. Advanced banter at that. Black belt banter. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like things will lead to something else and it'll just evolve and it's like, uh, you know, they're. This provided me with with nothing, but I'm happy about it. Um, but the clock doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but let's circle back to uh, to the potato famine because I think that a lot of people are probably wondering. Or they might have Googled it by now. Yeah, yeah. It's been <laughs> probably you know, 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> by all means, tell us about the potato yeah. famine. Drop so, a dime. So um, let's drop some history here. Irish potato famine, 1800s. Um, so main source of crops were potatoes in Closing Ireland. Closing my eyes for this. Yeah. You want to, this is almost like, um, a sensory. This is headspace so like unlocked. ASMR. Chew on potatoes. Just tell you like, whisper about the potato famine. 
pretending I'm Irish and I'm famished and I have no potatoes. Because this is actually not a joking matter. That's how um, the Scottish and the Irish people actually ascended and aligned their chakras was with uh, and then a water turned fast. into human potatoes. Yes, as that's that was my that's also twenty three me told me that's I come like. 60% potato. That's where one of the most famous, they're out of the 13 royal bloodlines, the Spudniks. You were hatched out of a potato. <laughs> you were a babushka doll within a potato. And that's actually science, people. So um, some people are hatched and they're not born. And they're contained within a potato like a babushka doll. So we're all potatoes at the end of the day. But go on. All <laughs> potatoes from Kenya. Yeah, we all originate from one <laughs> from, African potato. Yeah. Africa. Um, GMO. So, anyway. Um, Burrito. He's just like, you guys are fucked. Yeah. He's getting a little disturbed. But he's, no, he's ready to hear this history lesson. That's it's, what he is. That's yeah, the cat is it. sitting in his cozy spot. Yeah. And he's ready to listen. Let's go. To this. Let's Irish get it. potato famine. ASMR experience. ASMR is that that's gonna be your own podcast. We got. Oh, all right. Anyway, we're, so we're dying. Okay. 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 Famished. I feel like I'm famished so, for these potatoes right now. Yeah, you guys are feeling the hamished, famine already. Famished. Hamish. Yeah. Famished Hammond. Yeah, that's um, also on the crest, <laughs> if you can believe it. There's a is a lot of space in this crest. Tittleman's, Tittleman's crest. crest. It's not a bowl. Ooh, Tittleman's not crest. A no, no, not a bowl. Not at all. Little um, dipsters right beside it. And uh, big dipster. Um. Anyways, so the only thing that Ireland could grow, they didn't have any imports coming in because they were being kind of choked by Britain um, in terms of things coming in from different countries. <laughs> Got your yoga pose. Yes, yeah, this is very calming. Um, and a, um, I guess it was like a fungus or some type of disease attacked all the potatoes, and that was the only thing they really could grow. And they lost everything. And um, what happens when it's the 1800s and, um, you know, there's a crisis? Well, let's blame religion. Um, So Catholics and Protestants started to blame each other. My family was Protestant and um, supposedly Catholics came over, um, torched their house and um, everyone died except for one guy. No. Um, yeah, one guy and, and his sister and, um, love thy neighbor. That's right. And thy potato. And, um, yeah. Um, I know all this somehow because my dad's super interested in this shit. Um, then he like came to Canada. Uh, he like escaped this famine in Ireland, came to Canada. He was in the last Canadian war on Canadian soil and we have like his diary illustrated diary and like all this stuff seemed like a really interested interesting guy um it kind of stopped there in terms of you know interesting traits passed on throughout the generations I think but uh you know that's um that's what happened to the spuds and so the spuds lost all the spuds and, um, you know, everyone started fighting and, uh, people died and, um, you know, 
What a time to be alive. That's right. It's a luck of the Irish. That's that's what that was. Yep. Um, I'm surprised they didn't change your last name to Famond. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> uh, we're going to end it there. Mike, drop. <laughs> yep. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like a. It's interesting to figure this stuff out about your history, um. But like my family, especially my dad, he's like so into it, and he like kind of. I remember. You remember how he had to do speeches in elementary school? Of course. He like forced me to do my speech on this stuff. Oh shit! I was in maybe grade five, and I'm talking about. Did you know that my great 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 grandfather was in this potato famine and they torched his house and killed his whole family and then they threw him in the river and like I when I think back on it I'm like holy shit this is pretty pretty dark for an 11 year old but I was like I had no idea what I was talking about but like my family's so into it Damn. and yeah, I'm like, like I'm grateful family, but also you yeah. know seems like there's a lot of family pride mm-hmm. in the history and um, a lot of interest in kind of where you guys came from and the roots and it seems like you have a close relationship with your dad because mm-hmm. um, you refer to him a lot which is pretty cool so I wonder like are you close to them now do you guys how often do you get like do you guys talk often and does oh, he yeah. influence your he's an illustrator right mm-hmm. so does he influence your artistic style in particular ways or do have you developed your own style aside from that um, um so it's it's interesting. Um, my dad, he started off doing um, airbrush art. Um, the Latinos? <laughs> yeah, just uh, he would just take you know um, spray cans out and do a lot of graffiti. Sad boy and sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> That's so bad. Kidding, just picture the my... whitest guy ever yeah, doing just, stuff like that. It's for all my That's Latino brothers and sisters. Sorry. Yeah, um, go ahead. No, but he like he did a lot of um, airbrush illustration. And I grew up with seeing my dad airbrushing, That's and he'd cool. always have paints around. And because he went to Humber, he had the same art kit that I ended up getting when I went there. So I had all of his markers and acrylic paints and all that stuff. And he just kind of encouraged us to my brother and I to um, just express ourselves creatively, and always encouraged us no matter what medium we used whether it was sculpting whether it was baking whether it was photography it was like all these different things just never trying to limit us in any way um my brother is actually an amazing sculptor he's doing so well i'm so proud of him um makes me look like an absolute failure but he just completely self-taught in terms of sculpting um and it's all kind of with my dad's encouragement. Just, you know, pick it up, learn how to use it, and I'm going to encourage you while you do it. So I owe a lot to my dad for many reasons, but that's one, probably the biggest one. And um, in terms of how often we talk, like we talk like every single day, like we're, we've always been very close. It's always been the three of us just, mm. you know. Um, he actually lives out in London now too, so he's... He moved out there recently. It's like circling back. To, we're going to circle back to London, Ontario. Um, let's talk about London. That's nice. No, that's, <laughs> we did. No, that's pretty cool. I think that uh, you know that yeah. sense of heroism or uh, heroicness is a very important thing, whether it be father, mother, or. But I think that encouragement of um, 
a creative path. It's pretty cool. Sorry, I didn't know if I was putting my feet on a toadstool <laughs> or Nathan's foot, and it ended up being his foot. But it felt um, very it's much It's equipped like with a sandal, a very foot rest. chunky sandal. Yeah. Platform. Mm, come on Easily the podcast. Confused. Have a chat. Rest your feet on my foot. <laughs> <laughs> rest your both feet on both one foot. Feet. Yeah, so it's like a foot trio. Yeah. A layered foot sandwich. A balancing sandwich. act. Um, yeah, foot Jenga. <laughs> Hey, you want to come back by for some foot Jenga and a podcast? Not in that order. Eh. It's all integrated. It's an integrated experience. Let's talk about London. <laughs> Go for it, man. Actually, I'm in London quite often. My Your fiance, fiance's from there, right? Yeah, she grew up in London. Um, people are sweet there, to my from my experience. Like, I don't know. I mean, people are like nice and shit. Like every, t it's got a, it's a big city, but it's somewhat of a big city, but it's got a small town feel. It's a lot of Amish. Um, I've people. never seen an Amish person on the big though. Amish country out I that way. A lot of old people though, and a lot of camouflage, like hunter camouflage. Oh yeah, yeah, I it's, see that. Uh, it's funny what moving out that way will do to your sense of fashion. You're just like hiding in the bush and then you want to just keep reclusing. Well, it's like even even my brother and my dad who live out there, it's like I see them kind of morphing into that. And like the outdoorsmen? Like, yeah, yeah. And um, it's, just, it's weird, but there's a lot of camouflage because it's farm country, really. What, what part of London are they in? They're actually closer to St. Thomas. Okay, um, yeah, so that's kind of like a little bit more in the country area. It's all uh, the same to me, really. Yeah. Um, I go out that way, and it just feels like an abyss. Mm. It's so different from city living out here. For sure. It's like almost a culture shock when you go out there, which is, it's nice in a way because it's so different, but also it's, uh, it's like I went from something that seems so busy but also so accessible to now I need to drive just to get a coffee. It's... A mm -hmm. totally different way of living. I don't think I could do it personally, but yeah, it's it's nice to kind of go out that way and separate myself from the city sometimes and, you know, detox and just realign the chakras. It's really nice to do that. Do you find you have, in. do you find you have like a, a shelf life there? Like how long can you spend in London <sighs> without going crazy? Sometimes when I go to London, I'm like, this is amazing. That sounds you know, like hanging great... out with family and idea for a reality show like put you somewhere where you're Just not comfortable from the big city of shoulders and throw them in like a queen. i feel like that wasn't that done on tlc at one no. point or no off the totally original survivor, okay okay no, yeah no, no this is fully original this is a banter <laughs> original on the bntr network yeah i mean i know sometimes i find it from there for like more than three days i start to get a little yes, bit antsy to get i was gonna say three to days Tops because yeah. it all. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely respect people who love that that way of life. My my dad, for instance, he's very much into the quieter aspect of of living, um, and he he works from home. He's a freelance artist, so he doesn't have to commute anywhere. But I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't my world cannot be a small radius like that. And some people thrive there. Mm -hmm. For me, I 
I just, I can't, I can't. I'd go crazy, absolutely crazy. So yeah, I was going to say three days as well. Yeah, I think um, around the three. I mean, I've done five days there. I'm like, okay, I definitely need some <laughs> my time because also I don't know if you guys are familiar with the term ambivert, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I'm an introvert slash extrovert, so like I can be outgoing, but for a limited amount of time. Yeah, um, you need like your solitude for sure to recharge because I guess maybe if the three of us share that quality or attribute or whatever, you can probably understand that it's like okay. I can be outgoing, I can be the life of the party at certain times, I can hang with the conversations, but just as importantly and equally, I need like my own time to recharge because when you contribute to like say a podcast or a conversation, you're pretty engaged and invested into it. And is that like does that sound mm-hmm. spot on? Because mm-hmm. like I feel like that's how I feel in the three day mark. Even with like family, sometimes it is really energizing, even you know, when I go there it's like really calm. It's it's a nice break away from all of the city. But then I'm like I I'm so used to being in the city where like there's crackheads and you know like I live in crack towns. So but, like, like take a deep breath. Oh, smells yeah. like home. Mm, smells like uh, crocodile. <laughs> Yankee candle crocodile. Yeah, that's too soon. Crocodile e- epidemic. That's Ooh, the next. Smells one. like fucking. That's 2021. Meth. Yeah. Sometimes I just need to get back from London and just get into some meth. <laughs> or coronavirus. Coronavirus. Whatever it hits first. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all had the coronavirus in high school. We had to start somewhere. Um, I took advantage of the, was it the swine flu virus? <laughs> How do you I take advantage in, of swine in, flu? I was in university, and um, I had three exams that week. And there's hand me. sanitizing stations every three meters uh-huh. on this campus. And... Um, you could still go in to take the exam, but if you felt uncomfortable and you didn't want to risk getting sick with the swine flu, you could actually prolong the exam by two weeks. Are you kidding me? I took full advantage of that shit because I would study the night before for exams. So Uh I'm just like, I don't feel like doing them this week. I got a doctor's note and I was good for, I don't know, it wasn't a doctor's note, but it was like some form you had to fill out and you were good for another two weeks. What the fuck? Yeah. And I never got the swine flu. I I think there was like four or five cases on campus. There was like, on campus? I thought there was only four or five cases in Toronto overall. There was a very small amount of... Windsor, border city. Windsor doesn't count, yeah. Yeah. Um, Swine flu, Damn. Imagine just saying, oh, I got the swine flu. I'd be like, see ya. Woof. You can't get that off. Like, as as much as you scrub, you cannot get that off. Yeah, it's like you gotta try to get it. It's like, oh, I managed to get swine flu. Like, oh, it sounds like you've been trying to get that shit because that shit sounds hard to get. It's dangled into my life. Swine flu. Like, swine is a pig, right? Yes. So I wonder, it's like, what is a swine flu? Like, how does that... It came from pigs. Thankfully, none of us eat pork, right? So how would we know? I eat pork. You eat pork? White fucking whatever. Pork is dirty. Why would you eat pork? Oh, God. Here we go, people. <laughs> I'll eat whatever the fuck I want when I want. So, do you smoke? Yes. Do you drink? Yes. Do you eat pork? No. It's, oh, that's bad for you. It's bad for your body. <laughs> I just like to let my it hair down. cancer. <laughs> yeah, I let my hair cancer. down a little. I like to get my beak wet. And if you don't like it, suck just on my toe. Nuzzle from some behind. Pork. Oh, fuck. 
Oh, that's fucking. So you would be on your stomach, like. That means I have to do a heel pop. A heel pop. You know the heel pop? Yeah. When you. And that individual that... behind you sucking on the toe would be on all fours sucking on the toe. You wouldn't be ready for the toe suck though because you, they'd be behind you. So it would have to be a surprise. You wouldn't even be aware of the toe suck. Well, so you... a heel pop surprise. Could... That sounds like a. You say. <laughs> HeelPopSurprise.com <laughs> Sign up now for Look get your up. free I, year. I'm curious to see what you, people find when you um, tweet, banter, pod. We need a side views uh, image of... <laughs> I will draw one right now. Get me a, get okay, me a get tool. I'll get you the iPad in a, in a sec. I will draw a heel pop toe suck. We gotta wrap this up. This is gonna be a... Little. An man child minutes this on is, all fours. This is a robust This is a fucking episode. quality. We're just getting started. Yes, we we're, are. We're just, just dabbling. dipping the beaks. Just dipping. Just I'm, dipping for the rip. I remember you telling me that. I remember you said, what do you, like, again, another thing where I went right over my head. It was like, what do you dip in your fucking beak? And I, I didn't know what that meant. I thought it was an insult. And I was like, aw. <laughs> Oh, well, now I feel bad. But yeah. it was, I now obviously now that I know you better, but it's just yeah. so funny because it was almost like, you know, a bit of my own medicine where uh, people get really uncomfortable by some of the shit I say and I, I take a lot of enjoyment from that. Yeah. And it's like, because we're so similar with our humor, we can just, you know, keep going with it. We'll write whole dialogues. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another thing I wanted to talk about actually is the stories that we come up with. Like we have to fake... save that. We have to save that for another episode. No! We have to. It's an hour, 40 minute listen. podcast. Yeah, there's no doubt that we'll have stuff back on if she's willing yeah. to do so. Listen, the HD podcast on. can go for two and a half hours and they're they're solid. On your I drive gotta, to London, you're going to listen to this whole episode. I got to yeah. edit this shit. It takes a while. <laughs> oh, you, you try. It's not all. Uh, you got to chop we, it up a little. filter out swear words and stuff. So oh, we have yeah? a G rated audience. Mm-hmm. So like newborn babies. Um, we have a few. When you put um, the headphones on, we have the, a few uh, fans that are currently pregnant, and they right. actually have these. They're like suction cup earphones, or the the poof what's belly, the, and they go it the right baby over. Pod yeah, something you put like it up. that. Yeah. So we have a lot of podcast listeners who hook their uh, stomachs up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to take out any you know profanity when. It arises. I'm trying to get these um, earphone sleeves that look like an umbilical cord. <laughs> I saw them on Amazon. Can you cut it? Yeah, we can bite it off and then cut chew it and on it like it. You know what's calamari. Up? People cut and cook that shit. Yeah. Oh, they eat. They eat yeah, it's it. All the that, it's tribal. The placenta. I imagine going to a restaurant on and like, like sourdough, getting a placenta, <laughs> like breaded placenta. On rye. So I'll take the placenta omelet. I'm like, sir, are you uh, sure? That's for two. Send it. Just like. Salted cured placenta on a charcuterie board with, uh, placenta with some blue cheese we could oh. really, and you know, some we could aged open, Chardonnay. Yeah, we could open a nice little quaint restaurant. Like Called Have Street. a placenta experience, senor. <laughs> That's like, dumb. On Mount, Plac- <laughs> Mount Placenta. <laughs> placenta I was going to say like, uh, placentaful or yeah, I like, Mount, I like Mount Placenta. Yeah. Mount Placenta sounds more like a coffee company where we could put placenta and infuse it within the coffee. Placenta. Different flavor profiles for sure. Yeah. Um, So we, we, as we wrap this podcast episode up. Placenta. Do you have Damn near killed her. (laughs) Marty, we're supposed. I'm not even going to finish that. Do you have any. um, (laughs) Just abandon it altogether. We're. 
we gotta wrap this up. Do you have any shout outs or any plugs? Let's plug. Let's uh, let's let Steph do her thing. She's I a think freelancer. you have an upcoming project uh, in the works. Oh, too. yeah. Well, do your thing. Or is that classified still? I mean, it's it's not it's not plug. Um, it's not plug ready. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's Next that should no also be this, the um, Dr. Dre. That should be the name of track three on the the banter album mm-hmm. is not plug ready. Mm-hmm. Um, up for interpretation, Hell but yeah. uh, shout outs. Um, shout out to uh, my boy Stanley. It's my bearded dragon. Hey. Um, shout what out to uh, to my bad boys, Jane and Finch, my two Finches. Shout out to Peanut. Yep. Hold it down, Peanut. And those are the only ones that truly matter in my life. <laughs> okay, nothing wrong with that. Um. You know, all the homies. Mm-hmm. You know who you are, and um, they know yeah. who they are, and they know who you are. Exactly, and uh, that's all that really matters. All right. Um, One of the uh, no one's paid me to to like say any specific name. So I saw uh, no. the cash app open. Is there a phone? discount code that you have? That oh you yeah, again like a use my promo code. Use my promo code. Freshy code. What was it? Um, sent to Steph. Uh, backwards toe surprise yeah. or whatever the fuck. Little toe pop toe, suckeroni. Toe, toe pop 2020. Yeah, toe pop. Little toe pop lolly dance. <laughs> toe pop lolly. Toe pop lolly. That sounds like a, a, a mobster's nickname. Yeah. Hey, you oh, that would be mine. And toe pop lolly. Yeah. I put them on ice. If I was on Boardwalk Empire, I'd be toe pop lolly for sure. Toe pop lolly. Just... just just like the just background wears, character like, that always has purple. like a one-liner. Strictly wears royal purple. Wears Tiva yeah. sandals and nothing else. Like wallpaper. Linen suits. <laughs> you throw him in the lake, he'd be sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> Send him to Tony and toe pop lolly. So as the police come to arrest us, yeah. um, we have a saying as we close out the show. It's three words. And I'll just say it once, and then we can all say it together. Hopefully I don't get arrested. Kumbaya. Um... So we say wet your beak. Get your beak wet. Or is it get your beak wet? You don't even know. I thought get it was your wet your beak. Our other episodes, we say wet your beak at the same time. Are you, you guys sure? got to get aligned here. I swear. Yeah, we, we gotta... need some alignment here. I mean, we can table this or we can really use that as our North Star. I mean, if we use it as our North Star, I think there is going to be um, some ballyhoo. Some pushback from the client or the listeners. It'll hey, be incongruent. Um, shout out to 23andMe for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> yes. Um, and um, McCain Fries for, you know, the um, sponsoring us as well. We did Spudnik talk about family. potatoes a lot. Yep. Yep. The, if you guys want the discounts. Spudnik um, family. The Spudnik family in. was the original, uh, fun fact, uh, owners of McCain. And then they changed the name for marketing purposes. Simpler, yeah, they wanted a more Scottish approach. Ralph Lauren did. He was actually called Ralph Lifshits and he changed it for Lifshits. Ralph yeah. Lauren. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a more digestible Scottish that name. That was a heritage moment. <laughs> so get your beak wet. Get your beaks wet. Well, that's not three words. Your it was wet, wet your beak. I don't, I don't even remember saying so, wet your okay, beak. If there's three of us, it. then we're we all need it. to say one word each. Fine. Wet your beak. Sally. Alrighty, friends, comrades, pals. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you dig the content and want to stay in tune with what we've got going on in our 
personal and very private lives, tough luck. Just kidding, you can certainly follow us on our Instagram page. The handle is at bntr.cast. Or don't. Do what you want. It's your life. Just saying. If you have a topic in mind or want to be a guest on the show, you know, come hang out, chop it up, jump out of a cake. Shoot us a message at hello at createbanter.com. So thanks again, and we'll see you soon. Peace. Peace.